God created humans because he was lonely. Please, we attribute such human emotions and issues to a creator who is way beyond our comprehension. We're not canon Barbie to some heavenly child. We are witnesses for his love and justice. And Lucifer hated the fact that created beings at our level would stand as witnesses for the divine. Every decision we make, like Job, every choice we make, testifies to the one we profess to believe in. Yeah, that means what we do, what we say, what we watch, what we play, what we tweet, stands in defense to the character of God if we choose to be called by His name. The great controversy isn't just a bunch of beasts in a Revelation seminar. The great controversy is how we choose to live what we profess. It is a choice of good over evil. As Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve, because every day you're on the witness stand for that choice. I'm Falvo, and this is Sabbath School University. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. We're back on the campus of Andrews University. Every time we're not sure where we're going to go, we keep coming back here. And I love this campus because it so well represents the global church. And we have our hosts, um, and I'm not going to introduce them, but these are going to be the hosts for this quarter. I'm going to ask them to go ahead and tell us what you did this summer that was different. Mm. And when I say different, I'm looking at you, Sarah. Oh, well, hey. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm Sarah May Cologne, as you know, and they probably don't. Um, in the summer, let's see. I went to visit my brother, and he lives in Hawaii, and so I got to hang out with my niece and really my sister-in-law. Really but the live. coolest part was I ended up on the big island on top of a mountain building a boat mm. with a blind guy and a friend and working in a garden with a yodeling hippie. She yodeled and gardened at the same time. It was amazing. Why does that surprise I, me about Sarah Summer? I don't think anybody can get close to that. No, no, no. The best part, she wrote her own songs. Ah. So she like, mm. they were original yodeling songs. I know. What Go did ahead. you do? I had a really boring summer. <laughs> I didn't to that. build a boat. I wasn't on a mountaintop. And I didn't meet any yodeling people whatsoever. Um, I fulfilled a bucket list of mine, and uh, that was traveling through a state that I live in on a mm. bike. And so I crossed the state of Michigan in which we live uh, on a bike, spent a day in going from one end of the state to the other, and that was a lot wow. of fun. Wow. Really nice. That's really hardcore. I did a different type of traveling. Uh, I drove thousands of miles in three different countries and attended multiple weddings. One of which was my own. Yeah. Congratulations. It's about time. So what's, your, so what's your name now? Oh, it's still Campbell. <laughs> what? Still Campbell. Andrew Campbell. Well, Andrew, congratulations. We're happy for you. Thank you so I was, much. I was trying to tell somebody how this whole program works, and I told them we have three hosts, a hippie, a German, and a, and a guy from the island. So that kind of tells you what the show's like. And so yeah. this is what we have. Yodeling yeah. hippie. And I, just want, I, I just want to say, you know, for our viewers that might be interested who my wife is, Stay tuned because she just might appear in one of the lessons. Oh, this is I'm, great. I'm not going to say which one. Oh, I'm not going to say which one. So Since cool. you did that, would you also tease us into the lesson by prayer and uh, reading scripture, please? All right. The key text is Genesis 
It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us and guide us right now as we go into your word. We ask for wisdom and understanding uh, that we will be guided by you into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed discussing scripture with you guys because you just bring so varied perspectives from your, per <laughs> some of you more than others, but it, it brings so much into this. And, and we're going through a study about basically the great controversy. Um, and it's, it's hard to explain this because there's so many influences. Uh, one, the, our first question is how has a scientific worldview impacted, you know, from your culture impacted you in, in, this, in you, you being a Christian? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, one of um, the things that, you know, the general worldview uh, in the Western world right now, it, uh, going along with like what you said, the scientific worldview, uh, is just based on doubting, you know, doubt everything, be very critical about everything. And, and um, there's a positive to that because you can examine evidence very efficiently for yourself to find truth, right? Um, the downside, I think, of that is when it comes to making that jump of faith, because when you're so consistent, when, when you're so, I mean, you've been so consistent in doubting everything, then now when you have to take that step of faith, it puts you in a position where you, yeah. I have a question to your doubting <laughs> statement. Do you, I, it's so weird, I just had a conversation with someone about doubting mm -hmm. and the importance of it or the relevance of it. And I have a question, do you differentiate between doubting and Questioning, are they the same thing or different? Okay, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> that was smooth. That was really smooth. <laughs> well, I somehow wonder because probably people had, or at least from biblical accounts, we've had uh, ideas of people doubting, mm -hmm. um, and and there's there's nothing wrong with asking some tough mm -hmm. questions. That's right. And um, in fact, we often talk about the doubting Thomas. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Although I think that's a real big misnomer because he's always the one who asked the right question that everybody else is afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and he wasn't a bad guy. I mean, just the fact that he questioned wasn't mean, mm -hmm. didn't mean he was no. bad. No. Culturally, we've made him seem like this person sure. that wasn't good. Mm -hmm. He was, I, I think even, he asked a question that nobody was, a, was capable to ask or right. was afraid to ask. And he just put the nail, uh, put the put that finger in the wound where it was, so to speak, that, that mm -hmm. idiom. And, and I think that's a good thing because it leads us to better understand things. Mm -hmm. And for Thomas, it was that. You guys, and that was a situation. Everybody doubted the women. Mm -hmm. And then the disciples see Jesus. And now they believe the women and they believe Jesus. Right. But Thomas is the one that's out. And he's like, well, you just fall and pray to these women. Right. So the questioning is actually a good thing. And we see that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, there's certainly... A so I would say well, just to clarify, he different. didn't doubt women. He doubted the account of the women. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> because for me, I guess when I think of doubting, I think of a more passive thing. Like you okay. don't really have to do the questioning is like an active thing. Okay. So in my head, I guess I differentiate them a little bit. That's why I was mm. jumping all over I, that. Because yeah. in scripture, God says, "Come, let us reason." I think that's right. Reasoning is part of the Christian growth. Mm -hmm. You've got to go back and you and like Thomas, you don't take everything just at face value. Right. You've got to figure. See more. I mean, just because the pastor says, "Well, this is what I think," does not mean that's what's biblical. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's where the reasoning part comes yeah. in. The doubting part, in my, from my opinion, is uh, when you just 
don't want to go any further. You just stand there. And right. you don't want to dig in deeper. You don't right. want to find out. Uh -huh. And I think one of the things that we do, especially in small group studies, is no matter what happens in this group or on the show, the point is you go back to scripture to find out right. for yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's the part of the reasoning part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing with doubting um, is sometimes we can be impartial with the things that we doubt. Right. So you could take the view that you're going to you're going to accept everything that modern science says and everything that might contradict that you're going to doubt. Mm. Whereas you could also take the perspective that you're going to take everything that you interpret from scripture as fact, you know, forgetting that there's that step of interpretation and then, you know, reject and doubt everything else. When, you know, I think there has to be a, a balance, you mm. know, one has to help you interpret the other. And at least in my life, I see it really important to question everything to some extent because I am a missionary kid and a pastor's kid and I've been raised in a bubble per se mm. where I've been told my whole life kind of what to think and what the right thing to say is. The and cookie cutter. Yeah, I know if I wanted to I could impress everyone and sound incredibly on top of life. <laughs> We'd there, be shocked. But <laughs> and yes. everybody would be just confused. But it's amazing to me because I think that questioning those things, not only do you grow yourself, but by questioning each other. You know, if I come up to you, Ike, and I ask you a question, you actually have to process it for yourself and tell me something. Now, whether I agree or not, it goes from there. But I think discussion is what needs to happen. And Absolutely. I think so often we just say the world is over here and our church is over here, and mm. we cannot put those two things together because they just, yeah. you know, never work. And I think it's really important to make sure to yeah. question and think about what's going on. You look confused. No, I'm thinking you? about when you say the world's over here and our church is over here. When you look at when you look at Christ's life, his life wasn't a separation of the two. Right, but I, I think mean, nowadays was, we do separate the two, though. So how does how does the scientific and the uh, the secular world influence us, or should it influence us, or does are we impacted in any way, or we separated? Well, where are all the people? I, I think we've learned, we, we have to admit that we learned a lot from scientific uh, reasoning. Yeah. You mean the world's not flat anymore? <laughs> what? It's amazing. It's stunning. Oh, did that happen? And actually, if we, if we trace uh, the impact of religion and, and science back mm -hmm. into the early, early centuries, it was religion that promoted the search for science. Mm -hmm. uh, the world, the idea was the world is an orderly mm -hmm. thing. God is, God is orderly and so things, we can explore them. It's not just circumstantial mm -hmm. and it's not just uh, in the mythologies of, of the ancient world and, and even in some parts right. of, the, of the world, it's the lightning strikes and uh, God, the gods must be angry. Mm -hmm. That was the rationale for a long time, and, mm -hmm. and people felt very uncomfortable with this. And so you have to bring sacrifices, and you don't know to which God you're supposed to bring sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Now we find out that the world is actually organized, and that there are patterns to things. There's a mm -hmm. pattern to seasons, there's a pattern to rain and sunshine. And this is actually a proof of God taking care of us. Mm -hmm. um, I've been reading for my leisure a, a book by Max Born, who won the Nobel Prize in the Physics Nobel Prize, 1940. That's for laser. Yeah, I know, that's why I don't understand half Germans, man. Germans. <laughs> I don't understand half what's going on there. He's all these proofs and theorems, and um, uh, but he he looks at cause and effect, and he says that's an that's an incredible thing where we see how cause and effect we can learn from that, mm -hmm. and how chance plays into that, and how we can sort those two things out. And I think that's what we do in our Christian life as well. We say mm -hmm. not everything is just uh, something that has been. Some things just happen. Mm -hmm. They are by chance. Mm -hmm. And I can't attribute every 
bad thing or every good thing that happens to me just to to God. Just because I might have cancer doesn't mean that God is punishing me for something. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, and Jesus models that in his life. And so I think we've, we can learn something. Right. Yeah. And I, I think if there was a danger, if, you know, going in that direction, if there was a danger, it's, you know, separating, you know, the natural world from mm -hmm. the supernatural and saying that, you know, no, everything is has a natural explanation, mm -hmm. that God really doesn't have much yep. to do with, you know, everyday life. Is there even a God? You know, mm -hmm. these are some of the questions that secular, uh, that the secular scientific worldview um, proposes. And, and so um, the limitations, what, how far can we take science exactly. and how, can, how far can secular uh, ideas mm -hmm. answer questions, but then beyond that, what questions can't yeah. they answer? And the supernatural right. is the part that they, that nobody can answer yeah. and religion gives a view into and that. Religion, religion gives you the foundation to say yeah. this is where I go and I go mm -hmm. in faith. Yeah. I mean science does explain a whole lot but at, that, some, at some point in time you go back you and say to. this is right. a creator God and this is why I believe. You can't prove it. There's no way you can prove your faith. Yeah. You, just, right. you live your life. And, and, I think and those basic questions like what is the purpose in my life? Where, mm -hmm. where do I come from? Not just origin-wise or genetics-wise, but what, what is my background? Um, where am I going to go to? What mm -hmm. happens after right. that? Those are questions that science can't answer. They're mm -hmm. not in the realm of, I can prove it. I can put it into right. a little glass. I can, I can heat it up. I can put it in a freezer. I, mm -hmm. I can't mechanically alterate those. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then suddenly those are questions that have to be answered yeah. right. by a higher set of values. And that's where religion comes in. And somewhere between, in my opinion, somewhere between the, the spiritual and the scientific secular yeah. is where if you don't, if you're not buoyed by faith is where the devil gets you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you can't stay on either end. You've got to be able to, that faith is important, mm -hmm. you know, because you can see the people that hold on to, to um, what they consider their Christian beliefs with, with, with no knowledge. Mm -hmm. of what they believe right. are the ones that stay here and well we're not going to pay any attention to science and then you've got the other group that says only science and forget all about God yeah. and that's you see the devil winning on both sides yeah. it's, yeah. This, it's the group that kind of says God's created this, a scientific world he's created the laws of physics and everything mm -hmm. else and you've got scripture that helps you carry yourself through mm -hmm. they're the ones that tend to be more balanced they're the ones that keep going back to scripture yeah. mm -hmm. um, there tends to be a sense of um, one or the other and I don't mm -hmm. think I'm not sure. What do you think? Very true. You know, I think, you know, scripture is different from theology, just like nature is different from science. Mm -hmm. Science is the interpretation of nature, and theology is the interpretation of scripture. I don't think that scripture ever contradicts nature because God created them both, mm. and God, there's no contradiction within himself. But when we study scripture and we study nature, our interpretations of the two end up you know, coming up with some things that are conflicting. And so then what I'm saying, when you take the two, you have to sometimes go back and restudy yeah. because maybe you miss something. I, I would say that there are two completely different paradigms. I'm saying that we can learn from one another, but I think there are co two completely different paradigms. One paradigm says a, sci a purely scientific view says everything is just mechanical. And, uh, and, and that is completely opposed to a system where you say God does interact with it. Mm -hmm. So a founding for a Christian, I think it is important to say, what is your basic set of, what is your worldview? Mm -hmm. what, is, what is that underlying philosophy? Does, yeah. Are they both equal or does one is, do you balance it in, in one direction or another? Right. And, and I personally would say, 
religion is the foundation for everything. I can learn incredible things about how God interacts in, mm -hmm. in nature from science that we yeah. could not learn from the Bible. Yeah. Um, and how does that play into the great controversy? I'm sorry, you were saying? Oh, that, I guess just the last thing. I think when you start with uh, accepting the supernatural, there's no problem with uh, accepting natural. But when you start with natural, then sometimes it's difficult to make that jump. But I to think say they that are wrapped up in each other because you you learn and grow based off of what you've been exposed to, and so I think that they kind of spiral into something yeah. and they kind of wrap up in each other in order to create. Because yeah. I mean, for example, my brother is very left-brained and I'm incredibly right-brained, and we just. Everything is different for us. We see the world completely differently. And so, but when we get together, it's really cool because we can see how things actually could be with like a whole brain working together kind of thing. Well, now he's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> but no, but you see what my point is? is I think they go hand in hand and I think yeah. they can build off of each other. And my yeah. brother is very smart. <laughs> now, going back to your question, you said, how does this all play into the great controversy? Mm -hmm. Well, if you take the view, the supernatural view, that there is, in fact, a great controversy going mm -hmm. on, and the, you know, Satan doesn't want us as human beings to mm -hmm. really know about this great controversy that's going on, then, you know, this whole naturalistic way of thinking, perhaps doubting that there, a supernatural even exists, so not even knowing that you're in a great controversy would be to his advantage. So I think that's how the two get connected. But I still think everyone has heard of the concept of good and evil. Uh -huh. You know, and or good and bad, and I, have, I think it's a definition that they worry about. They've heard the concept, right? But how do you, you know? People want to define evil, and that keeps changing mm -hmm. because of because of their cultural experiences or exposure. That's right. That's right. Um, one of the things the devil has done, and from the beginning, is a sense of autonomy and mm -hmm. independence. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. from the third that fell from heaven mm -hmm. to Adam and Eve. Uh, how does a Christian view autonomy and independence? Yeah. When I think of that question, you know, I think again of the whole deception um, uh, that, that Satan has, uh, the whole counterfeiting scheme, and how Satan, in a sense, um, would want to portray actual freedom as though it's slavery. So, you know, the, the whole thing about I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, mm. you know, however I want, actually ends up being not true freedom. Because I could give I you an can, example. I can see that. Sure. I could give you an example. I, I could say, you know, I have my car. I can do whatever I want with my car whenever I want. So I say, okay, I'm going to put grape juice in my gas tank, you know, yes. because I can do whatever I want. It'd be funny if it actually turned <laughs> gas in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But um, if let's say I did that, you know, very soon I'm not going to have the freedom to use my car. Right. So just this whole understanding of what true freedom is and what true slavery is, I think the devil sometimes wants us to think that freedom is actually slavery and slavery is actually freedom. And that's where that I think it's difficult comes in. Because in some sense, I would say God is the the person or the, the, the being that gives us real autonomy. He's the one that actually wants us to make a choice. And uh, it, the Garden Eden story is about making a choice. It is about saying, I choose you <laughs> and, yes. or I choose somebody else. It is giving human beings autonomy. And 
in some way, I would say, uh, if I commit to slavery, then I don't have autonomy anymore. And it's an enslavement. You guys are really always make me think. And I, you know, I come to new places, I'm like, how did I ever think about this before? So we're all, basically, we're born independent. But we choose to be unified or in unity with God. And if we don't make that choice, we remain independent. Is that I true? I, no, I don't think that so. That wasn't one of the questions we talked about. <laughs> but, <laughs> are we born independent or are we born are we I think of, of God? I think Adam, in a way, Adam and Eve had to choose to follow God. In the moment, I mean, they, well, the moment they ate of the fruit, it was... Yeah. Well, I th that's the thing. I think, I think Adam and Eve, yes, were created independent, but because of their fall, you know, Romans teaches us how his fall, Adam's and Eve's fall has affected all the generations that follow. So I don't think that we have that choice anymore. By default, we, we've, we're already enemies of God. We're already, you know, carnal and, you know, against well, things like that I said, are spiritual. we're independent. We're, I mean, as when we separated from, we're not part of the okay, unified okay. body I, of Christ. I, I, I was we thinking of choose, a different. We have to choose to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Christ, okay. even though Christ's blood has saved all of mankind, we have to Free choose well. to be a part of that. We have to accept it. I hear you, yeah. And the devil likes that separation and wants to keep mm -hmm. that separation going. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. the, that's where he thrives. That's so right. you're putting autonomy as something that is bad, autonomy from God. Correct. While there's also the view that we have autonomy through God. Yes. And that would be the difference. Yes. What he said. <laughs> I'm just going to sit quiet over here. I just heard really confused you know, what's the happening. Whole, the whole idea of independence and autonomy, let's see if we can make it political in some way. So I'm not really going to be, go there. A okay. couple of weeks ago, we had this, uh, the, 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 the Muslim film clip that was released that created havoc all over the Middle East. Mm. And everybody goes, well, this is a freedom of speech. Yeah, there's freedom of speech, but what happens when that affects everybody else? I mean, do you take freedom, do you take autonomy and independence say, you know, I'm independent, I can do whatever I want to do, as long as I say I believe in Jesus, I can do my own thing, because I have that freedom. Or do you say, you know, I have the freedom, and because of that I'm going to be more responsible with respect to the people around me. Mm -hmm. Nobody yeah. want to touch that? <laughs> Moving on! No, <laughs> How, well, what, is, uh, what, what is independence? Can a Christian be independent? I, I know I said that being a separation of God in some ways, but you, you said it well. You, you have independence because of God. I think what's important mm -hmm. is to continue to maintain your relationship with God. I know that's a very chintzy example, but you know, like, sometimes you'll go against the crowd if you're incredibly connected with God. Reformation was one of them, yeah. Right, and so it's, I think that it's constantly searching yourself and talking to God and doubting or questioning or mm -hmm. however you want to use the term and just continuing to build on that relationship with him because he will help you through that but I think that some people consider that a drag and so there's too many rules that go along with it because religion has polluted spirituality mm -hmm. and so we've lost that individual connection with God and we've made it a corporate thing. Does that make any sense yeah. whatsoever? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think there are, there are different levels. I personally have choice, and God gives me choice. God gives me the choice of choosing. Do I want to follow my own depravity? Do I want to mm -hmm. follow a sinful life, as a Christian would define it? Or do I accept the choice that Jesus did something for me right. on the cross? And if I accept that, then I am connected to God in a very yeah. special way. Now, that has repercussions for the community. However, I decide to develop my own that autonomy that I have in Christ, mm. um, whether I live that as part of a group or whether I l live that separate from a group, 
that is a, it, it's a secondary discussion that is really important, that, that horizontal connection. And of course, here Paul will address it and say, you are part of a body. Mm -hmm. uh, one of you is the eye, the other is the arm, the other the nose, the other the mm -hmm. foot, and you have to connect together. Mm -hmm. And if we don't see ourselves in just as an individual anymore, but part of a, a community, and, and some cultures, I think, are ahead of us in this, mm -hmm. especially in this Western world where it's all about me, right. all about myself. And the sense mm -hmm. of uh, an abuse of that freedom and independence. Right. Exactly. I can do whatever I want to. No, you can't. You're part of a society. You're part of a government. We're proud of that in some ways, right. living in America to say we're, um, and now act like that. Act like that in a Christian setting. Mm. Act that out. The autonomy that you have received, now share that and be part of a group. And, and this is where I think the two concepts merge and, and almost sound contradictory, mm -hmm. but in some ways are exactly the way that, uh, that it should work. Absolutely. Now in First Peter 5, 8, 9, mm -hmm. when we're talking about autonomy, we're talking about this rift between, in worldviews and so forth. Mm -hmm. The devil finds a place to come in. In First Peter um, 5, 8, 9 it says, uh, resist the devil. How do you do that in practical terms? I mean, it's easy to say, well, don't listen to the devil. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you do that? And how do you resist the devil? Yeah. Well, the first thing I think is... Become a monk, stay in a, up in a mountain, build, build a boat. Building a boat. Yes, <laughs> with, the, with and, a blind guy and, and a, a yodeling, yodeling hippie. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Get away. She's joking, of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but how do you do it? I mean, Peter but says that. I think that. the first thing is, for me, is where's my focus? Mm -hmm. um, the, the Bible talks about this great conversation about the struggle between Satan and, and Jesus. And, and Satan appears, or the devil, there are different names for it. In contrast to how many verses we have about Jesus, the devil is a minuscule part. It's not right. where we should focus our attention. I so like the that. First thing is really focus on Jesus. Is, and yeah. I'm not going to worry about the bad things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to worry about the good things. I'm, right. I'm going to be connected to Jesus. And if I'm mm -hmm. connected to Jesus, I know the reality that there are bad things out there, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I can put them into place and I can make the right decision mm -hmm. myself. If I'm mm -hmm. only always worried about, oh, what if I do that? What if I do that? <laughs> If I consume myself in this war imagery, it's, then I am then you, I am a victim to the war rather yeah. than being. Verse nine a, says, "Resist him, standing firm in faith," which means you you grow in your faith. Right. Yeah. that's the first thing to. But I like the second part of uh, verse nine. It says, "Because you know that the uh, that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings." Mm. I mean, again, what I said earlier on is this unity in Christ. If you're not mm. part of the family, if you're not part of the unity, and you want to break away. It's like Adam and Eve, that separation, that, that misunderstanding of what God says is what takes, makes the devil's job easier. Yes. Mm -hmm. Last before we go. Okay. Well, all I have to say is we just need to make God fun because he's so crazy fun. And I think we make him so boring and it's irritating and he's way fun. I so, agree. Like, no. I'm just yeah. saying. You were like, talking about the war imagery. We have this war mm. imagery. We tend to forget that God's a loving God, one who laughs, who, who enjoys mm -hmm. company. That's and right. so who, spending time with right. him a personal relationship and have fun with and, him. In fact, and, one of the problems that the Pharisees had with Jesus is that he had too much fun. He, he, he <laughs> right? associated with like people him. a little bit too much. <laughs> That's why you had 5,000 yeah. people that were willing to be there without right. food. And, and Jesus is the one who shows the emotions. Uh, right. God is the one who is, who is the mother. The Father showed with a, a variety of emotions that mm -hmm. we can attribute to in different times of our life. Well, thanks. This has brought a lot of emotions, and hopefully it's gotten people going back to Scripture and reasoning with God, but making it on a personal level. I mean, you guys always bring out the best, in some cases, the weird, but the best. Oh. <laughs> Thank you all for being here, and we'll see you throughout the quarter, and I'll see you at the end in the last lesson.
If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember the goal of Bible study is information and, and transformation. transformation. I've taught them well again. <laughs> it's for the head and for the heart and for Sabbath School U. We'll see you next week.